Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Mo, it's us. It's you and I together once again on the No Budget Nightmares Radio Hour. It's me. It's me. It's the M O E. You know, uh, I wish the listeners knew how much fucking trouble we've gone through in order to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like four days in the making, uh, three pro, three different uh, audio programs. I feel like once we come out the other end, everything's going to end up sounding better than it ever has before. But, I, you know, our show sounds pretty good anyway, so I don't know what I'm even saying right now. I'll, I'm just concerned with the fact that our usual setup no longer works, so right, right now... This is sort of piecemeal. So if there's problems, ladies and gentlemen, keep them to yourself. We're well aware, okay? I got to sit down and edit this goddamn thing so we I, know I, that there are problems. Now, now that this is up and running, honestly, I feel like the setup we're using right now sh- shouldn't should actually give us less issues than when we were normally using Skype. So I think it'll work out okay. Okay, okay. We're, we're hoping everything's going to be fine. If it's not... Don't blame me. Blame technology. Yeah. Uh, Mo, we're back yeah. here for yes. a very good reason. Well, yeah, to talk about movies. To talk about movies, but to talk about one movie in particular, young man. <laughs> Aren't I older than you? Uh, uh-huh. It was my birthday, Mo. I know. I know it was. <laughs> I, uh, Just I, post- I, put- I posted some snark on your Facebook page. It was well appreciated. I thank you so much, everyone who wished me happy birthday wishes. I do feel extraordinarily old. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, Welcome to my happy. world. Mo, what movie are we watching on this episode of No Budget Nightmares? We are watching Wally Causes 555. 555 from 1988. This is a Patreon special. So thanks to the contribution from Adam Lounsbury. And thank you, Adam, for making me aware of the fact that you were supposed to pick a movie. Uh, We're going to be taking on this legendary low-budget gore fest, which I was tangentially aware of, but I had never seen before. What was your experience with 555, Mo? Um, I had definitely seen it before. Uh, I can't remember when. I think I first got turned on to it maybe about... Ten years ago or so. Oh my goodness. Um, and uh, yeah, but I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it since. I got a question, a really important question for you, yeah, Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does anyone care about five five five? Um, I don't really know. I uh, I don't know what I was expecting going into it, but I'll tell you one thing. 
what I got was not what I was expecting. <laughs> this is a very strange movie. It is a very strange movie, which is probably but, why people care about it so much. But the thing is, it's strange in a in a way that for no budget nightmares, it's strange. By which I mean, it's not that strange. If you follow me, you know, it's strange in the way that a lot of it is just very mundane, and yeah. that's fucking weird for a shot on video movie. Yeah, 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 definitely. What does five 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 mean? Oh, don't ask me that, man. The, like the only the only uh, thing I picked up in the movie was that one of the cops' uh, sign-ins was five five five. Oh, is that it? I thought it, is it, it must be a police code, right? I mean, yeah. Well, again, they they they're running through uh, like I. <laughs> that wasn't on my end. Fuck um, <laughs> off, telephone. <laughs> um, Oops. <laughs> <laughs> when they I think when they when they first started setting up stakeouts uh for people to watch out for the killer uh they were doing radio call check-ins they were like uh car 467 check-in you know and then the last one they did was car 555 check-in and that's the only time I noticed 555 but I didn't pick up if that had anything to do with anything else Mm, uh, that feels spurious i will say that the name 555 the title 555 for a movie doesn't exactly it doesn't make me want to like knock down a building and crawl across a field to see it it doesn't really have that pull for me you know well frankly for me like it feels like it should have been a comedy about something that's not quite evil Oh, I see, because it's not 666. Right. It's like the neighbor of the beast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they did not They did not do that. <laughs> so what's up with this Wally Kaz fella, Mo? I don't know anything about him. I didn't, Wally I didn't... and Linda Kaz. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the one who does the research on the show. I just yeah, I've been sh- really... Show up, show up and talk. I've been really fucking busy lately. Like, <laughs> really just out of this fucking world busy. So this is going to be a particularly slapdash episode. Of No Budget Nightmares. And I do apologize, Adam Lounsbury, who was <laughs> nice enough to choose this for us to watch. Not only are we not going to enjoy your movie. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say we. Mo and I haven't talked about it. But also, I didn't do the proper amount of research. So we're just going to talk about this movie. It's called 555 from 1988. Yup. Yup. Mo. What? What What do you think about the police? Um... It's a very controversial subject in 2016. Yeah, it kind of is. I don't know if I want to get into that. <laughs> what? Well, you can't have an opinion? Is that, no, is, I, I, is I can... that what uh, Barack Obama's America has done? Now you're not allowed to have an opinion? Yeah, it's true. He took <laughs> he took away my, my first, second, and uh, 13th women rights. I don't know what the other fucking ones are. Oh, yeah, 12th. That's the one. I don't know. I don't even know what the 12th Amendment is. I'm an American. I don't need to know what the fucking Constitution says. Okay, I don't. I don't. You don't need to get into it. I'm asking you about the police. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, Mo. There was a, a band, uh, a rap group from the 1990s. Oh, I thought. See, I thought you were going the Sting route. On that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> well, there was a band in the 1980s, but there was a band in the early 90s. They were called NWA. I'm not sure what it stands for. <laughs> Certainly not something I'm going to say on this. Yeah. But uh, I will say that they had a song, Mo, called. Fuck the police. Yeah, coming straight from the underground. Well, you, also, you're aware of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So is that does that reflect your feelings about police officers and people with uh, that sort of authority? You know, surprisingly enough, To no. kill a minority. I mean, it, I mean, if this was... Jesus. 
Um, if uh, if this was like 1998 and I was still punk as fuck, then yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, these days, I don't really. I mean, I- I've had bad experiences with cops. I've had really good experiences with cops. I think it's a person by person basis for the most. So part. when you say really good, now bad. I think a lot of us have had bad experiences with police officers and some people worse than others. But what's yeah. a really good experience? Like you just said, did you have sex with a cop? I didn't have sex with a cop. No. Um, no, uh, I, uh, you know, because my job is overnights and things get a little weird there sometimes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a dude uh, swinging on me and ooh, uh, ooh. it's getting good. Yeah. Yeah, not not swinging like you know in the sexy way, but like you oh. know, like actually trying to throw punches at me. Oh, and I had, sorry. yeah, and I, yeah, and uh, ba- basically, I man, I managed to I managed to get him out the front door uh, of the of the shop and had to hold the door closed with one hand while I was calling the cops with the other. And they showed up like that. They were they were super on it. The guy was really nice about the whole thing, and you know, it's like they're not all terrible. They're just you know, there's it's. There's a lot he, of bad. Sh- there's a lot of bad shit happening. Did he ask for some tokens so he could go back and uh, rub one out? <laughs> Is that how it works? Um, Are there tokens? About 16 years ago, yeah. But, really? Uh, Can you win tickets and then you exchange them for prizes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You try to. There's like a clown head, and you have to fill up a balloon. It's funny for me to think about Mo. We're uh, we're the co-hosts of a podcast called No Budget Nightmares. You're listening to it right now. <laughs> Um, and my job right now is that I work at a university, like I'm there all day. Right. And as soon as I get off, uh, meaning that I stop working for the day, yeah, you, that's like around the same time that sometimes you start working and you're working at this house of ill repute. My job is super classy, man. No, I think it is. But what's funny, it's like that. Remember those, uh, that movie from the eighties, what was it called? Angel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And wasn't she like a student during the day, but at night... And she was like a an escort, yeah. An escort, right? And that's kind of like what our dynamic is. Sure. <laughs> You're my angel. <laughs> uh. Uh. Mo, how does 555 start? Um, oh, I should bring up my notes, shouldn't mm-hmm. I? That's a really good idea. Where the fuck are my notes? Oh, no. <laughs> Who needs notes? I'll walk you through it just like you helped me last time. Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you, Mo, it has black lettering on a, pink, <laughs> on a pink background. It has the opening credits. Yes. I, I did I did like the fact that we get we get the title of the film right up front. It's 555. That's the title. Yeah. It's in conjunction with Wally Kaz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you see the name Kaz quite a bit in the credits. <laughs> There's a lot of causing going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think they're all from Kazakhstan? Oh, Jesus Christ, man. No, no, I don't. No. Well, you know, the police, they won't come unless there's a reasonable cause. Oh, it's going to be one of those episodes, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I, I don't have a lot to say about this fucking movie. It's really like a police procedural that has yeah. some exploitative elements in it, but it spends like 98% of the time in like a single room with people talking to each other. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, Mo. So how does the movie start proper? I'm sure you have your notes up by now. My notes uh, are up. Once the movie, once the opening credits are over, uh, it, it it suddenly is very dark and incomprehensible. What are we looking at? Uh, well, there are black shapes on the... No, I'm mm. just kidding. Uh, it opens up with a man walking on the beach. Um, and when, then we see uh, a couple 
sort of uh, going at it. Yeah. Um, you know, we get a little booby action. Sweet. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, Machete comes up, and then next thing you know, there, we see the woman uh, uh, doing it with a, just a terrible ADR scream um, and drenched in blood. Now, that's, when you say Machete, a, uh, do you mean... What? Do you mean Danny Trejo? Uh, I do, actually, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he don't text. <laughs> he shows up just to make a little cameo, and then this person gets slaughtered. This person does, in fact, get pretty well slaughtered, yes. I will say they do a very poor job matching the making out murder part with the beach part. It's supposed to be taking place really in the same general area, but we get the point. Someone yeah. was walking on the beach, some p- people got murdered, and then the credits continue again. This time it has yeah. rock and new wave music playing in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the 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 timing of everything in this in this opening bits are, are a little odd. Uh, you know, I mean that that actually kind of keeps going through through most of the film. But so let me explain to you, the listeners, what the plot of this movie is. It's very very simple. So there mm-hmm. is a killer dressed as a 1960s hippie, and he's on the loose. He's killing couples mm-hmm. who are copulating. And uh, at the same time, the police are trying to catch him, and that is the whole plot. Oh, and the police, they suspect some old-ass colonel. Like, that's who they really think is doing it. Uh, yeah, because they, he... have a, they have a fucking hard-on and a half for this colonel. Admittedly, this colonel seems very suspicious because he's lived in several places where very similar murder sprees have taken place. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a connective way that is never truly explained in the movie. Yeah, um, and they, they also never at all explain uh, the actual killer's uh, connect, connection with the other with the other murders either. It's just that, fucking ridiculous. Also, the colonel is very obviously right from like this opening part is going to be a red herring. So you have to think as the viewer, who could the killer be? And then there's a couple of characters that show up, and a couple of characters who leave, and then one character shows up. And then leaves for like 90% of the movie. And I was remember thinking about three quarters of the way through. Huh. What's going on with that character? And guess what, Mo? That, that ended up being the killer. Yup. It's true. It's true. Uh, okay. So after the opening credits, we go to the police station. And uh, the police officers are inter- interrogating Colonel Wayne. Yeah, taking notes on this film were super fucking annoying. Like, cause, uh-huh. like I didn't know whether or not I wanted to write out Colonel Wayne the whole time or just write Wayne. Right. It, I, I don't know. Just I mean, I know it's stupid, but it, it was just really obnoxious to take notes for this movie. So, yeah, it really was, especially because there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of it is horse shit. And it is, oh, again, my it's- God, there's so much fucking dialogue in this movie. But this opening scene does introduce us to the kind of the main character. So we have the colonel. He was walking along the beach. He mm-hmm. witnessed the murder taking place to some extent. He even saw the person who did it, who, again, was dressed like a 60s hippie with a flowered shirt and bell-bottom jeans. But the cops are super skeptical about his story. Yeah, because because he, he took him 15 minutes to get there, you know. And, and actually, I thought the colonel had a really good reasoning for that. He's like, well, you know, I was in combat and I hear a scream. I'm not going to go... You know, I'm not going to rush in there unarmed. And, you know, I, 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 I mean, like to me, like it made total sense. Like I, it, like right from the beginning, like, like obviously, like you just said, he's, he's clearly a red herring, 
And so, but he's, and it's so unbelievable to think that he was the guy. They keep building more and more evidence up against him, but you're like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not him. It's clearly <laughs> not him. So we also, okay, so we have the, the colonel who is the red herring, and we have mm-hmm. three characters aside from him in this room. Uh, one of them is kind of the lead detective on the case. His name is Connor. And what's Connor. his deal? Uh, Connor is uh, brash. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, sort of a uh, uh, play asshole. loose. Yeah, well, he's a huge asshole. You know, <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's the stereotypical cop on the edge. It's a really strange character because at the in these opening scenes, it looks like he's going to be kind of like the foil to some extent, but he ends up being literally the, like the main guy for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I actually, like a, yeah, sorry. I, I, yeah. Honestly, like my thing was like right at the beginning when I was trying to guess well maybe who who's the actual killer um, because you knew it wasn't Colonel Wayne. My original thought was that maybe it was Connor. Right, but then again, he's so angry and generally violent, like he's constantly throwing shit off his desk, that he seems like he's too obvious as well. And maybe he is. By the way, we're we're easily going to give away who the fucking killer is. Oh yeah, in, like a, in a fucking millisecond. <laughs> so, we also have Connor's partner. He's in the room. Uh, he's ha- Haller? Hall- I, I have it written down a little bit further on. I don't. Yeah. I, I haven't written down as partner for most of these notes. Well, yeah, um, because his name doesn't show up until about halfway through the movie. Yeah, and also it seems like he's not going to be that important. And then he just keeps showing up right up until <laughs> the end of the movie. Now, who does seem to be incredibly important. In fact, the guy who I thought was going to be the main character of the movie is the district attorney. And his name is, is Kennedy. Yeah, it's uh, Ralph, right? Uh, Ralph Kennedy? I just got him down as Kennedy because yeah. he's like that MTV BJ. Ah, I see where you Now, Kennedy's pretty, he's pretty straight-laced, this Kennedy. Yeah. Not at all the kind of person <laughs> you would possibly suspect in some sort of murder spree. He's, yeah, I mean, he doesn't look anything like a hippie. He's got short hair. He wears suits. Yeah, so don't, don't worry about him. He's don't worry about him. He's not at all the killer. They vet these district attorneys pretty strongly just to make sure shit like that couldn't possibly happen. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they let the colonel go, but they're super uh, suspicious about him. Or I should say Connor is very super suspicious. And as he leaves, a woman comes in. Now tell me about this woman. She's the other main character of the movie. Pretty much the only other main character. Yeah, uh, her name is Rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rather what? Uh rather obnoxious. Be watching something else except for 555? No, see, I actually kind of enjoyed the movie overall, right, but, okay. uh, you know, I just, uh, I, yeah, she's she's ridiculous. I don't remember her first name, to be honest. Rather. But, yeah, they say they say rather uh, constantly through through the whole first half of the movie. It's, it's as if they maybe didn't have a... Uh, oh, God. Anyway, she's, um, she's a reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, uh, also a little like hard nosed, you know? Yes. Um, and, but Connor gives you the impression that she's not very trustworthy. Yeah. They don't like her at all. They don't like her yellow journalism (laughs) (laughs) and she really, uh, to her credit, she seems horrifically unpleasant to be around. She does seem like the sort of person that you would not want to go to drinks with. Now to just understand all the relationships in play here, we have Connor. The, the police detective, his partner, mm-hmm. 
we have Kennedy, the trustworthy DA, yeah. and Mrs. The guy, Rather. <laughs> the guy who absolutely is not the killer. Yeah, so don't don't even don't give that another thought. But also Kennedy, the DA, the trustworthy one, he's dating Mrs. Uh, Rather. Ms. Miss Rather, I should say. <laughs> I feel bad for Mr. Rather. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Rather. He's done yeah. some bad shit, too. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, so she uh, and Connor have this exchange. You're a prick, Connor. You know that, don't you? And you're a cunt. So that really portrays Connor in a very pleasant manner, I would say. Yeah. He's not wrong, though. I mean, I don't like to use that word because I'm a male in 2016 and I have a lot of privilege. But I would say I, I love to use that word because really? I have a very because I have a very British sensibility about it. Oh, I see. Yeah. We call it a fanny. <laughs> we call it a bum bag. A bum bag. Uh, so, so they uh, put a tail on the colonel, and because they're 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 particularly suspicious. About the fact that army officers like the Colonel Wayne shouldn't be as squeamish as he seemed. Though I'll tell you, he doesn't seem that squeamish to me. He didn't seem squeamish at all. Like the dude heard heard screaming and went and got a weapon and went to go check it out. Who the fuck else would do that? So a little later on, Mo, there are two people and they're making out in a van. Yes. Yes. And one of them makes these noises. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Don't stop. Please. Please. The <laughs> the uh, the ADR on these like murder scenes are just the fucking worst. Yeah, they're terrible. But that guy who's got that really weird voice going, "Oh, yeah. please don't Please. Stop. So anyway, uh, he doesn't want the woman to stop, but uh, apparently the uh, killer, the hippie killer, he also heard what he said, and he interpreted it as meaning, don't stop killing me. Yeah, right. Because uh, he, do- he does, he has the machete. So the killer has this kind of weird, he has a number of different blades, yeah. and one of them is like a Klingon weapon. <laughs> like a batleth? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but in this case, he just uses a straight old machete to chop this guy up. But they do that Savini effect where they cut the piece out of the machete. Yeah. What was that movie we watched, Mo, about the makeup effects artists of our favorite movies? Oh, God. Um, Architects Affair. That's Splatter. the one. That's it. Splatter. So, so, my, we, so hold on. So, so my notes, my notes, uh, I, I, I tend to not look at my notes again until the show because I'm lazy. Because Why? And, yeah. uh, but my notes right here really cra- kind of cracked me up, uh, <laughs> uh t- talking about the, the couple that are doing it. I say, uh, it says they talk all romantic. They will probably die soon. Dot, dot, dot. Yup. Dot, dot, dot. Dead. <laughs> so there is something very interesting about how this killer operates. So he, mur- and he, he always kills these couples. Yeah. He murders the male mm-hmm. and then he ties up the female and also kills her, but then what happens, Mo? Oh, well, then he has his way with the body. He's a necrophiliac. He does enjoy some necromance. Yeah, so that's going to be a continuing theme. Uh, it, it it's not as graphic as that statement would make it seem. He just you know, it's comes. not nearly yeah, it's not nearly as graphic as say necromantic. But right, you know. right. 
So uh, later on, the police arrive at the scene, the uh, aftermath of this murder. There's a bloody, very, very bloody body being taken away on a stretcher, though it's covered Yeah, in I Yeah, lo- I love that it's covered in just blood-soaked sheets. Because <laughs> body, ba- body bags don't exist. And uh, basically, all of our main characters are there. Kennedy is there. Miss Rather is there. Uh, the Connor, Con- the Connor, Connor is there. Apparently, Connor found the bodies. Yeah, so Connor's there first, which is your, which is like the second uh, thing. Because like I can tell that they were attempting to set up a story where there'd be like multiple foils, you know, and um, and, or red herrings, and uh, and uh, like you could tell they were trying to do that with with Connor in this scene because he's there first, you know. Uh, they talk about him like. Uh, uh, they, there's a brief conversation where uh, I think it's um, uh, Rather and Kennedy talking to one of the other cops, and he talks about how he was outside his car, and right, you know, uh, and it just it just cracks me up, like because it's like so, but it again, it's another thing where it's like it's clearly not him. It's really strange because these opening scenes, like I said, the reason I thought Kennedy was going to be the main character is that not only is is he presented as being kind of the most straight laced. But he's also the one they kind of focus on early. Because right. like this scene is all about his conversation with Miss Rather, who is she's really suspicious about Connor, and he's like, no, no, he's a good cop. In fact, they have this exchange. He has such a caveman mentality. He's a good cop. <laughs> who is he? Maybe. Maybe not. You know what intrigues me is how did he happen to be the first one here today? What? Huh? What's that supposed to mean? There's something about him that's always bothered me. You do get a real good sense there of the quality of the acting in this movie. It's very, very strange. It's very kind of community theater style acting. Yeah, it's like straight up summer stock. Yeah, uh, though, and sometimes worse than that. And particularly Miss Rather. Miss Rather is supposed to be a sex pot, I think, in this movie. Mo, they 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 build her up as a character who's willing to use her feminine wiles to get what she wants. The problem is, is that what's the problem now? <laughs> is that huh? it's it's a little unbelievable. Now, why is that, Mo? Why would you say something like that? Um, because she's a terrible human being. Well, yes, of course, but there's lots That's... of terrible human beings who can use their feminine I... wiles to control men. I'm not gonna take that road. I'm gonna take the high road on this one. I'm you know just, what, though? I'm just you know, saying. You know what, though? She looks kind of like she fell off the ugly tree. There you go. <laughs> hit every branch on the way down. She's <laughs> not the best looking lady. Not that, that's, not that that matters. It's very mean. Especially for a podcast, which is, you know, what, constantly what, what, as, to the people. What, as progressive as ours is? No, but, I was just thinking of a podcast that where we constantly are running into the creators of the fucking movies oh that my we're God. talking about. Yeah. So let's not be that people. We're going to take the high road. We'll take the, the high, high road. Tree. We'll take the high. Yeah, we'll take the high ugly tree. And, so they t- uh, <laughs> they talk to again a police officer like you mentioned, Mo. He says that Connor arrived, uh, and he was the one who called the report in. And when the police officer arrived, Connor was at the rear of his car closing the trunk. I and- I love this cop character because he shows <laughs> he shows up a couple of times during the course of the film. This guy is so fucking derpy. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's fantastic. Like, he's the most oblivious cop on the face of the planet. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, I, I, and I'm glad he does show up a little bit later, though I have no idea what his fucking name is. No. So, Miss Rather's very, very suspicious of Connor. 
and after hearing this story, I think Kennedy's a little suspicious too. So they have this exchange before they decide to leave. And listen to the way Kennedy says, Susan, darling. Now, now this is acting. Let's get out of here before it starts to rain. Why'd I tell you? Susan, darling, just because the man was cruising the lakefront doesn't mean he's the killer. What did he put in his car trunk? The man was volunteering his off-duty hours in an effort to catch this killer. Are you positive? No. I can't be, of course. I can't be, of course. Acting! <laughs> <laughs> That's how people talk, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Susan, darling. <laughs> so later on, now Connor is the main character. <laughs> And he's yeah. sitting at his desk, and he's waiting on the coroner's report. He wants to find out some way to connect uh, Colonel Wayne to the murder. Because he actually has him, again, being tailed. But uh, apparently the officers who are watching his house said that he did not leave his place at all. So he couldn't be the murderer, right, Mo? But there's an issue with that, too, though. Right. Because his house has a back door. Well, apparently it's like a basement door. Yeah, that leads off into the neighbor's yard for some yeah, reason. Yeah. So, um, Connor calls the cops who are watching the place stupid bastards. Yep. And then the, uh, Kennedy arrives, the DA, the trustworthy DA, um, who you should not suspect. And he brings the coroner's report <laughs> that says that the semen uh, between uh, in the bodies uh, from the first kill and the second kill, they match. That means it's the same killer. Yep. Now, during this conversation... Ms. Wayne, who I guess I guess she just hangs out at the police station all just, day every did, day. Did you just say Miss Wayne? Oh yeah, I said Miss Wayne. <laughs> Miss Rather. Miss Rather. It's Colonel Wayne. It gives a shit. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> so Miss Rather is at the door, listening like a child, but and she wants to like catch up on all the most important information, like a real reporter would. But she hears something a little unpleasant once. Uh, once Connor and. Uh, and the DA start to have a little conversation about her. Mm -hmm. Lady, and I use the term lightly, Connor, is nothing more than a convenience. She has the morals of an alley cat, which of course makes her wonderful in bed. <laughs> but the reason I keep her around is because I find her and that rag she works for quite useful. What do you think about that, Mo? Oh, Kennedy, you piece of shit. She has the morals of an alley cat. <laughs> I I actually really fucking love that line. <laughs> I... I she, she has the morals of an, of an alley cat, which, of course, makes her wonderful in bed. <laughs> now, Mo, before we move on, we need to talk about something that's very, very important. About what an, an alley cat's morals are? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. stray cat strut. I'm a lady's cat. All right, Slim uh, Jim. So, what's up with the office, the police station office that Connor is in? What's notable about this fucking thing? Um... That it's just one room? It's very sparsely, uh, has sparse decor, I would say. Yeah. And it, it has big green walls. It's a really ugly room. It's a really ugly room that we spend 90% of the movie in. We spend in. so much time in. And in fact, a little bit later, we go to a different room where another thing happens. And it looks suspiciously like this room. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all the, all the offices there are just decorated similarly. Yeah. So, uh, Connor, again, really suspects the colonel, who, I mean, I gotta be honest, the evidence is piling up here. <laughs> but, the, but the evidence is piling up against, like, three people now. At this not point. Colonel Wayne at all, in fact. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. And Colonel Wayne's not one of them. So, Connor and his partner, they go to check out Colonel Wayne. So, they go to his apartment, 
and he lets them in because at this point he doesn't realize that he's like a super suspect. Um, though I guess he does a little bit because they say they're checking on him because he was a witness and he goes, your only witness or your or only, your only suspect. suspect. And they do the, the classic uh, partner cop thing where one of them sits down with the guy or the person that they're going to interview. The other guy pretends like he's got a piss really bad. Right. So he has to go to the bathroom. But instead of going to the bathroom, he starts snooping around like some kind of asshole. Yeah. And, and so here and so so here they give you another piece of evidence against Wayne that you know doesn't even fucking matter. It's like, the, so, the, so the other guy comes back and he starts talking about how the colonel has, has a room full of uh, a large collection of edged weapons yeah that matters yeah that doesn't really matter but that apparently is enough to make them super suspicious and they basically start accusing him to his face of the murder but you know what the but you know what the funny thing is is like if you were watching like one of the, like the more modern day uh police procedurals like that evidence alone because like they were invited into the house you know so it's like it's not you know whatever's open is fair game once you're in the person's house uh, they could have gotten a warrant to to grab those weapons. They could have tested them for blood. They would have known in a second that it wasn't his knives that killed the people. So it's like, what the fuck? It's like I mean, uh, it wouldn't have totally cleared him or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. It wouldn't have cleared him completely, no. Because you could have just as easily gotten rid of the weapons you used. Um, but I mean, it's just, it just, it just, it cracks me up. That, like, there are all these other options they could use, and, like, their main focus is just watching him. Yeah, you're, you're right. There is some holes in the police work now that I think about it. Yeah, there's only a couple. There's only a couple. Also, before they leave, Connor <laughs> says this to the colonel. Oh, my God. Something stunk about you from the first minute you walked into my office. I think you're guilty. I think you're lying, and I'm going to nail your ass to the wall, colonel. Yeah, that's, that's something you want to say to your main suspect. Just in case he wasn't suspicious enough. Right. Well, they do leave, uh, though uh, they still have a tail on him. They have people looking after him. Mm -hmm. uh, but apparently the people who are watching him don't notice someone else arriving at the colonel's house. Yep. Who is it? And here's where I have her first name first. Me noted. too. It's yeah. Susan. Susan. <laughs> Susan, Susan Wayne. Rather. <laughs> Susan, Susan. Yeah, Susan Wayne. <laughs> it's Bruce Wayne. Um, yeah, so she shows up, uh, you know, looking to use her seductive charm on, uh, on I wrote, I wrote my notes. He stares at her unappealing cleavage. He stares so hard at her tits. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so she really wants to know what he told the police, right? She wants to yeah. use it in a story and he doesn't want to tell her because the press always screw everything up. But right. she convinces him that because, you know, she's a member of the Fifth Estate, she's going to convince <clears throat> the police that he's innocent. Right. And I, th I think she even says something to the effect that uh, that he, she's going to leave his name out of it so that so that he'll give her an interview. Right. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then basically it just immediately goes to him burying his face into her cleavage. Yeah, yeah. So they sit down and he gets her a drink. Yeah. And, um... Which, 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 if you, if you were still on the Wayne is the murderer, you know, uh, thought, which nobody should have been by this point. Wayne? Uh, you mean the DA? No, 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 Wayne. <laughs> oh, Wayne, sorry, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's uh, Kennedy, the innocent man. Yeah, Kennedy's completely innocent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you would think that maybe Wayne might, like, 
poison her drink or, or you know, sure. something to that effect. Uh, it's like, it feels like they, because he left the room, you know, to go give her a drink. So you almost feel like <laughs> something's being set up here. Sure. And it just turns into, it just turns into like the longest, most awkward kissing scene. Boy. She's got some really good pillow talk too, because she opens with, you don't seem like the kind of man who would rape and murder a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've actually had a uh, bedroom chatter with women that started the exact same way. So they start making out and they presumably uh fuck. Um and it's really gross. It oh my god. But whatever. Later on, speaking of gross, the two cops, uh, uh Connor and his partner, they go to Vito's restaurant and they go in and they talk to a guy who's presumably Vito and they go, "How's business?" and he goes, "Shitty as usual." And then they this see man, a police. <laughs> what this, what about this him? man, Vito? I want to talk about Vito for a second. Yeah. Hey, Vito, Vito um, is such a like a stereotype, like caricature that it's that he's like the funniest thing to happen on screen in the entire film. He's Mo, just I have a this... question. I have a question for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the matter with you? <laughs> what's, what's the matter with you? Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> that's where he went to school. Um, he is, he is just a filthy man. Uh, he's got like a, like an, almost like a spiky haired mullet. He's just covered in grease and soot. Oh my God. Oh, my stomach started hurting the second they started ordering their food too. I'm like, Oh, this, uh, this looks like it's going to be terrible. Well, they don't get to enjoy their food, Mo, because they see the front page of the paper, mm-hmm. which says, Lakefront Butcher Strikes Again. Indeed. <laughs> there's a, the there's, there's a great line here. There's a great line here where they're talking about, like, the headlines. And they, 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 talk, they say uh, that Rather's headlines, um, they compare them to uh, tits on a warthog. Yes. Which I thought was really fucking funny. Useful as tits on a warthog. He says warthog. Bordog. Yeah, like you can tell that he was uh, that he was uh, starting. My son's name is also Bordog. <laughs> he was start. You can tell he was starting to say bull, and then remembered that the line wasn't that. For oh, that reminds me reason. of something, Mo. That yes. reminds me of the fact that there's like a lot of blown lines in this fucking movie. Yeah, that yeah. are just left in there. I have a bunch of them that we're gonna hear, but yeah, and the people just mess up lines. And guess what? Wally Kaz don't care. One take, Jake. So a little bit afterwards. Um, uh, oh. So anyway, by the way, the the headline makes Connor very upset that the, it's going to make the public very concerned. Um, and in fact, there's a part of him that thinks like maybe they should go public so everyone will be looking for the guy, but they think it's going to make it's going to breed fair. Mm. But a little bit later, Susan and the Colonel are finishing their session. Oh God! Right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for reminding me of this scene. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, she goes to leave and he, uh, he's a pretty desperate, uh, old man. And he says, I want to see you tonight for dinner. And she goes, I'll call you soon. And she's playing, <laughs> she's playing very coy about the whole thing. Right. Uh, despite looking like some sort of goblin. <laughs> yeah. And this, and, and this is, this takes place right after, uh, she's discussing the case with him as he's suckling on her breast. Yeah. It's yeah. a very weird scene. He's having a little suckle session. Yeah. And I should also mention, I this I, I wanted to mention this too, like uh, going back to the diner for just a quick second. Like, so Connor, who doesn't want, the, who didn't want this information going public, is sitting in a public restaurant <laughs> yelling 
about about how he about how he how he doesn't want anything breeding fear and about how he's going to kill Wayne. You know, he's sitting in a fucking diner yelling. <laughs> I should mention, by the way, our friend Kennedy, the DA, yeah. um, we're not going to see him for a while. No. That's no. because he's that's because he's super trustworthy. He's working yeah. on some. Uh, he's got bigger plans to deal with. It, it's he's, obvious. He's trying yeah. to figure out how to deal with the killer and yeah, again, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, actually, I should I should restate what I said, Mo. What? We're we're not going to see, um, we're not going to see him as Kennedy for a while. Well, but yeah, 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 no, no. Kennedy's completely trustworthy. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not the killer. Uh, right. You know. So he's he's just he's just out of the movie for a little while. So back at the police station because he's, that's the place we're going to be. He's a big p- picture kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's paying attention to the full scope of everything. Remember, yeah. like uh, Harvey Two Face. Right. He was a DA, right? Exactly. Yeah, he's the hero. Right? That, he's the oh hero yeah, but don't, that but, but don't think of Kennedy as being Two Faced and having some sort of secret side that could be murderous. And he something. does. He doesn't. No, no. He he doesn't rape corpses. That would be. I don't know why you would even bring that up, but that's yeah, right. yeah. It's just it's just random thought popped into my head. Back at the police station, Connor's partner is talking to his wife about a barbecue he wants to go to, and Connor, who only thinks about work, he's like pissed off. He's like, "How can you even do that shit when we have a murderer on the loose?" Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of that murderer, we cut to him. We can't really recognize who he is because he's in a dark room. Well, and it's clearly sharpening... it's clearly Wayne. I would say it's Colonel Wayne, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. all evidence. Points to him. I mean, of course, of course, he did come into the police station to tell them about a murder, but yeah. I don't, uh, whatever. So this guy is killing, this guy, Wayne, of course, is sharpening a Klingon weapon. Uh, and then we go right back to the cops. He's got his bat left. He's getting ready to do, uh, to, to fight a yeah. mock. That's right. Kaplar. Kaplar. Um, <laughs> so back at the police station, Connor, who was upset before, he's just super pissed now. He's just getting really frustrated. So he's throwing stuff around the room and uh, and just being like a total asshole. Then the phone rings and he does that funny thing that they do in movies sometimes where someone picks up the phone and starts yelling profanity into it and it ends up being someone who's really important. And yeah. in this case, who is it, Mo? It's the captain. Captain Lucas. Captain Lucas Albano. That's right. Oh, it, it, he's like, uh, he's like, I'm Lucas with the lid off. <laughs> yes. So they pick up the phone and it's Captain Lucas. Now, what's interesting is that Captain Lucas is voiced by Wally Cause. Ooh. That's right. The director of the film. Uh, see, I do know some goddamn things. Oh, that's good. And um, for a second, he's like, he gets angry at Connor for, for answering the phone like a dick. And he goes, maybe you need a permanent vacation, <laughs> which made me think of that Aerosmith album. Uh isn't there one called Permanent Vacation? There is. I feel so bad for you thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. Aerosmith suck, though, right? They're fucking terrible. Now, speaking of living on the edge, now Connor... Kiss, now, Kiss is amazing. Aerosmith <laughs> is awful. Uh, so, I want you to listen to this line that the captain says to Connor, because I want you to hear how he pronounces the word frustrated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you don't get this thing cleaned up, I'll have your ass... I think we're all getting a little strung out over this whole thing, sir. We're doing everything we can. I know you are. I'm as frustrated about these murders as you are. <laughs> I I get I I get frustrated all the time. <laughs> yeah, you think we should do a take two on that? Ah, no, we got it. No, no, I, I nailed it in one. So, um, 
the captain also mentions that he called the FBI about the case, and Connor's reaction is, "What the fuck for?" Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but we'll find. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll be finding out soon that it's actually a good thing that he called the FBI. Yeah, and I love. I so so they set up a plan. Like they have a they set a plan into action as to uh, as to how they're going to like lure the killer out, and it's one of the worst fucking plans like in existence. Uh huh. You know. So they so they set up seven sets of decoys. Yes. You know, uh, just from the sort of like office pool, you know, uh, around the town. Not officers, mind you. And they specifically say these are not officers, that they're like secretaries and gophers and shit, you know. Uh, so it's it's seven couples, a man and a woman, presumably who are now going to go out to the beach and start fucking, you know, right. because because they're couples, you know. And each one of them has an officer assigned to them in case something bad happens. Yeah, so it's not a very good plan. It's a fucking terrible plan. So while they are out doing their stakeout, uh, we see a yeah. we see a couple, and they're on like a cot, mm. and they're smoking some illegal drugs. Hopefully, not illegal for much longer. And she's topless because the women in this movie are topless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I, I don't. I don't think there's a woman who comes on screen who we don't see at least one of her breasts. Yeah, right. It's, the way it should be, if you ask me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so the guy is, his name is Tommy, and the woman he's with, she's really worried about the killer, and he goes, "Don't worry about him. He only kills people by the lakefront," which is a very interesting thing to say. Oh, by the uh, way, that previous scene though um, is where we get the uh, the officer's call number five five five. Five, 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 five. Um, Tommy also is not concerned because he has a gun. Yeah, I like this is the I, United States. I like how he's like, yeah, don't worry. I got this. And he like points to a gun that's like four feet away from him on the floor. He goes, if that chump shows up, he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, Mo? The chump does show up. And he ain't in trouble. And this is probably the most notable scene of violence in the movie. This is probably, this is like... Just, I mean, the 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 effect on this scene is so fucking good. It's really kind of amazing. Like, it's okay, utterly baffling how good this this so effect is. What happens is the killer, uh, the colonel, of course. Yes. Um, he comes up behind the guy, slices colonel off mustard. his finger. <laughs> colonel, yes, mustard. colonel mustard in the study with the with the lead pipe <laughs> with the machete. With um, the machete. He's he slices off the guy's fingers and it looks fine. Mm-hmm. Then he grabs him by the hair and cuts his head off. Yeah. And I got to tell you, like, they did such a fucking good job. Now, the films that we generally tend to cover are notorious for shitty fucking fake heads. Just... Now, let's just think back to Killing Spree, which was just a few episodes ago. Yeah. That has a part with a fake head. Oh, yeah. And you will never in a million billion Brazilian years... Confuse it with the head of the person it was supposed to be, even though that person specifically wore a wig in that movie just to match with the fucking head. Yep. So here we have a really hard match, right? A guy Mm -hmm. who looks like a person making a face because he's about to get his head cut off, and it matches so amazingly that it's actually disturbing to watch the head get cut off. It is so fucking disturbing to see this. And I, I like I was taken aback at first because I'm like like I just didn't see that coming, you know. Um, it I was my jaw just hit the floor. I'm like, this is that is such a good effect. 
And they knew they had something good too because it's on all the artwork and all oh, yeah. the stills. Oh, I mean, yeah. this this is the key moment for the movie. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. all downhill from here. And it's so good that after he kills this guy, the killer passes by some graffiti in the background and it says WK plus LK, which I can only imagine stands for Andrew WK. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Lisa Kudrow. Sure. No, it's for Wally Cause, the director, and uh, Linda Cause, is that her name? I believe um, it's Linda, yeah. Yeah, so it's the causes. They're, uh, they have a little bit of funny graffiti back there. Yeah. So he ties up the woman and uh, starts cutting her stomach and then starts stabbing and then rips her panties off. And I don't like using that word. They, act- then- they actually do a really great effect, uh, like a just a practical sleight of hand effect to uh, uh, with the guy who had his head chopped off. Because right. his, his body falls onto the, uh, onto the little cot that they're using. But it falls in a way that the guy just has to like put his chin down into his chest to you know to hide his head, and then and then so that way the guy doesn't have to sit there. Uh, the killer uh, Wayne um, mm-hmm. kick, kicks him off of the back end of the uh, yes, uh, of, of the cot. So now he's behind the cot, so you never have to see the body again. It's a, it's it's really a clever little trick. It's one of the. It's funny. This movie only really has two clever, really clever little tricks, and they're both in the same scene. So Connor and uh, and his partner, they're they've been out all night on stakeout, but they mm-hmm. haven't heard anything because they haven't heard about this murder yet. It hasn't been found yet. Right. Uh, they decide to call it a night. Uh, Connor sends his partner home, and then he does what any hard living cop would do. He pulls out some booze and takes a nap on the couch that he has in his office. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, this part is, it gets, like, he turns off the light, he's going to nap, and then it just cuts to the police scanner, where it mentions that they found two dead kids. It's a real uh, Pacino in heat sort of moment. Uh, every time <laughs> I think they're out, they pull me back in. <laughs> Great ass! <laughs> Dunkachino. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so back at the office the next day, uh, the partner's back. He's refreshed. Connor, I guess he's gotten over his booze-fueled nap. And they know about this uh, murder, and they're both very frustrated about it. And they Frustrated? They're very frustrated. <laughs> Everyone's frustrated at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colonel Wayne was apparently at home all night, but they're not so sure about that because he maybe had like all sorts of like underground tunnels and shit that mm-hmm. allows him to put on his hippie costume. Anyway, so the phone rings and it's the captain and the frustrated captain. The and frustrated, he, yes. He tells them that there's going to be more kills. He's sure of it because this whole thing that's happened, it's happened before. Mm. There's 10 murders, two a night for five nights. Uh, and it happened, I guess, uh, in St. Louis, five years ago in Baltimore, 15 years ago in Buffalo, 20 years ago in Springfield, Mass. Um, so so there's like a whole history of this happening. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like the way I said Mass? <laughs> no, I thought it was hilarious. So uh, while so the FBI, they, they told the captain about that. He relates it to the men. Uh, Connor is waiting on a psych profile on on Colonel Wayne, which is a good thing. I mean, they got to catch this guy. He's a maniac. Yeah, and this maniac is maniac killer. This, yeah, this is also the scene where we have the just epic boom mic and pole uh, visible on screen. I oh god, I love that shit. <laughs> this makes me laugh so much. Well, look, everyone's trying really hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I 
like it's just one of those weird things that I just have a thing for. Like I love boom mics and shots. I just think it's great. So the partner guy Holler, he goes to uh, I think his Holler. Name is Holler, Holler if you hear him, he's gonna go get a shave. So Connor takes a nap uh, once again, and then he wakes up and he finds the report on his desk waiting for him. Huzzah! And we just. And we discover that Colonel Wayne, who we already know again is the killer, yeah. he was he was a Vietnam POW, but he came back in bad shape. And in fact, uh, it kind of confirms a lot of what Connor had already kind of suspected him, uh, uh, because we all suspect him at this point, certainly. Mm-hmm. And his partner comes in, and his partner's really skeptical about it. He's like, wow, I never thought it would be this easy, which leads to this uh, conversation. It's too easy for it to be him. We ought to know by now most of them are easy. Criminals are stupid fuckers. And once we get a lead on them, we usually get them. Yeah, so Connor is not surprised at all that this guy's a killer. Mm. Or has been fucked up, I guess, by Vietnam. Uh, so, Rather, Rather, Miss <laughs> Rather arrives, and uh, she actually tells the cops that she was not responsible for that news story, which is hard for them to believe, and also hard for me to believe, because I thought she was responsible for it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what she was responsible for. So she basically wants to discuss something with them. Um, and when she says that, that, that she wants to have a little chat, this is what Connor's response is to this, and it's kind of unpleasant. Tell you what. You want to work closer with us, right? Why do you lie down there on the couch and you and I can discuss it? <laughs> I'd close it up with super glue first. <laughs> So she says that she would add super glue to her vagina rather than have sex with Connor. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classy dame. So she tells them that according to a neighbor, uh, Colonel Wayne moved there from Baltimore. Whoa. What? And remember, Baltimore is where one of those murders took place. So it really does kind of connect everything together. together. The colonel is obviously guilty. Case closed. Lock him up. Lock, lock that fucker up and his collection of knives. Take away his knives. So uh, the phone then rings, and we discover that Colonel Wayne has has runned off. Yeah. It's, oh my god. Right. So um, yeah, this is a weird. Uh, this is a weird scene too, because like, so uh, yeah, so so they <laughs> so they find out that Wayne skipped out. You know, even though he really didn't. Um, and, uh, so Connor and his partner are pondering what Wayne's motives are. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, uh, and then the, then they get another call from the captain, right? Yep. That confirms that Wayne was in the cities where the murders took place. Yeah. Most of them anyway. Yes. Most of them. Yeah. He's like, uh, actually really only one of them. Cause they only go yeah. back and they say five years ago, he was in Baltimore you know, and he goes, how'd you know that? It's because I'm a good cop. Or right, right, whatever, the, whatever the fuck he says, you know. Uh, I don't know. This this whole thing is fucking ridiculous. I lo- and, and then we get another we get another brief uh, cut back to uh, who the, the killer, who's obviously Wayne, uh, yeah. sitting and playing with a knife and breathing. I will mention that in my notes here, I have written, hey, what happened to that DA guy? <laughs> But of course, he's working really hard to try to bring this killer to justice, and that's the thing that we should be 
you know, we really don't need to think about him right now because it's not going to be important yeah. that it seemed to have set him up at the beginning in some way, but then vanishes for a good chunk of the movie. Well, yeah, because he's got he's got backroom dealings to deal with. You know, he's he's got the art of the deal working on, you know, he's, exactly. got, he's got it. He's got it going. He's fine. So there's a couple <laughs> and they're in a dorm room that looks suspiciously like a police uh, uh uh, office. office. Yeah. <laughs> the very similarly colored walls, I would say. Uh-huh. But but it can't be because this has a bed in it and looks just like a room and not some sort of really sparsely dressed set that could also be a porno set. Right. And and this what I kind of love about this is this scene takes place right after um like when they're talking to the captain, uh the the partner Heller uh goes on about like possibilities of what the killer like what what the 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 quote-unquote real killer did after his murders and the other thing and like one of them he goes on this whole big thing about like the killer becoming a monk or something to that effect and uh, the captain just calls him weird (laughs) (laughs) but anyway this couple they have a little conversation she is uh very uh, confident about her appearance Mm. because he says that they should leave the light on when they yeah wait angie leave the light on yeah, that's all you want. You just want to look at my beautiful body, don't you? <laughs> Only young kids and prudes do it in the dark. I'm sure not a prude. He's not a prude. He's not that young either. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm only 13, but, <laughs> but I'm no prude. So, uh, so, but she's uh, she wants to do it with the lights off, Mo. And you know what that means. Um, it means that he gets to see her beautiful body. So he hears a noise coming from the other room, and he goes to check it out, but then he gets stabbed right through his neck. Yeah, I kind of like this effect, too. Yeah, it's pretty good. So he backs up, and he dies, as you do when you get stabbed through the neck. So her response to getting murdered is this. And it goes on like that. Yeah. But the, it's weird because it's showing the knife go in and her response doesn't change as she's getting stabbed. Nope. It's just, oh, no, oh. So uh, later on, the cops show up at this set. More high, again, more high quality ADR work. There. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so it's those two cops. It's like the two kind of bumbling cops and they're talking about what they're going to eat afterwards. One of them wants spaghetti. Uh, and uh, the partner guy comes in, right? Haller or whatever the fuck his name is? Haller, yep. He comes in and they're talking about how they're looking for Connor because he's turned into a real lone wolf. But you know what Connor's done? He really is a good cop because he tracked down the colonel somehow. Really would have been good to include this in the movie in some capacity. This this would have been a great scene to include in the film. And they... Shut up. (laughs) Fucking cat. Uh, And they just gloss over it, just cut directly to him dragging this... obviously psychopathic criminal uh into the scene of the murder the scene like he brought this guy after after capturing him somehow yeah he brought him to the scene of the latest murder um and they said that they found him in a hidden room in the basement of his house so they obviously <laughs> he really did have like his whole shit set up yeah. uh just in case he had his bug out room um he, he protests. Heller asks if Connor has read him his rights, and Connor said that he's going to do things by the book. And in this case, by the book means that the two other cops in the room are going to they take to out kill their him. guns yeah. 
and they offer to shoot him and say it was self-defense. I th- It so makes me laugh how, like, they go on and on about uh, doing everything by the book, then immediately refuse to give him a lawyer. They pull guns on him. They threaten to kill him and, and cover it up. But he's like, I'm doing this by the book. Yeah, so... Um... They do drag him into the station eventually, I guess. I don't know why he didn't just go right there. And they uh, they interrogate him. Uh, and he says that he was hiding because of that newspaper article that he was responsible for. Yeah. Uh, and while, by the way, he's being uh, interrogated, Connor does pull a gun on him. Yep. But he's, and they do. But, but, but in fairness, that is standard police procedure. <laughs> the partner's response is that I'll testify it was an accident, which isn't a very nice thing to say. Mm. But then who shows up? Mo, oh, um, the uh, the the not killer at all, uh, the no. very straight laced, respectable member of the criminal uh, catching community. The criminal uh, catching. Yeah, 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 glad you said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, just to prove how kind of trustworthy he is, we find out that he's gotten the colonel a lawyer. Yeah, he brings a lawyer. Yeah. So this, then they have this conversation and see if you can spot where someone fucks up their line. Besides, sure. now he's locked up, there'll be no more murders, and we'll have him by the short hairs. <laughs> All we have to do is keep him on, keep the arrest secret until the. <laughs> 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 Oops. Can, can you can you play that one again? <laughs> I can. Yeah. Besides, now he's locked up, there'll be no more murders, and we'll have him by the short hairs. All we have to do is keep him on, keep him. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him on noop. <laughs> oh my god, that guy just ate his entire tongue. <laughs> uh, Wally, shouldn't we try that again? Ah, ah we got VHS it. VHS tapes got are it. fucking expensive. We got it. So, um... The film's got uh, tits in it. It's gonna sell. <laughs> so somehow, we actually do see the killer, and he has, like, weapons and his costume laid out. Yep. And, and how is this possible? Because the colonel, he's, a uh, He's, he's like locked up. Oh, see here, here, this is actually, I thought that this scene, cause we never actually see the person. All we see, right. all we see is his gear, mm, you know? That's right. So I thought that this was them attempting to be clever. Oh, I see. Uh, and showing that, showing the costume hanging up and, you know, and without the killer. So it's like, obviously they caught the right guy. <laughs> so uh, Connor and Heller are back in their office they discover that Wayne, uh, Colonel Wayne's lawyer has sprung him. Um, and then he, Connor's response is to knock everything off his desk. Again, I, I, he's very upset. I guess he, uh, I guess he saw a girl with a itty bitty waist and a face. <laughs> everything sprung off his desk. Uh, but, uh, so, so then, then Miss Rather comes in and they don't want to talk to her at all because they're so upset. Yeah. So her response in order to get them to listen to her is this. What do you want? I've got to talk to you. Oh, God damn it, you big ox. Listen to me. Wayne isn't the killer. What did you say? She's nuts. All she cares about is headlines. Listen Come on. to me, please. So she, she tells him that she read the Springfield file. Yeah. And uh, she recognized a name in it. Joseph and Dwyer. Joseph Dwyer. So this then becomes fucking... Elaborate in its ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. So she recognized the name Joseph Dwyer because we know him, Mo. Okay, everyone take a step back. Everybody take a step back now. 
We know him as Ralph Kennedy. Boom, boom, boom. Now you might be, who the fuck is Ralph Kennedy? That's Kennedy. That's, that's the Ken- DA. That's Kennedy. <laughs> so she recognized the name, and we're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, right. And that gets that gets this response. You're kidding me. Nope. I asked him why he dropped the Joseph. He said that since he was living in the Northeast and had planned to go into politics. He thought having a name like Joseph Kennedy might unduly influence the voters. <laughs> what a crap! <laughs> <of shit. laughs> I love, I, I love that. Like, there's like two fuck ups in that fucking conversation yep, as well. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there's also, so there's also a moment where she calls him a stubborn Irish cocksucker, which I think yes. is fucking great. So, so uh, she saw, yeah, she saw his real name in his high school yearbook. Uh, and then his mother remarried, and he took his stepfather's life. It's a whole convoluted thing. This to is get one to of the, the most. Name. This is one of the most cockamamie stories, fucking ever. <laughs> it's great. So she says that thing about why he changed his name because he did. He thought it would be unfair to be named Joseph Kennedy, and then <laughs> Connor says to get the captain on the radio because we can't just sit here pulling our puds until he calls. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're they're about so they're going to take off. They they need to take off to go find Kennedy and uh-huh. uh, and Connor tells rather to stay in the office and wait for the call, you know, cuz there's not like, you know, radios you can bring with you or anything like that. And and she's like, I'm coming with you. And he just goes, lady, you're not a cop. (laughs) (laughs) But she does. She's able to go. They let her come anyway. (laughs) So they're staking out. Again, they're just randomly staking out in a place. They don't know where the fuck the guy might be. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have like cops in uh, dressed as bums on the beach and stuff, yeah. drinking fake booze. And this is all. And this is all based on. This is all based on Rather's thought that maybe he might try something at the beach again. But as yeah. soon as they get there, she's like, "Well, it didn't work for me last night." But, <laughs> but by the way, the two under there's two undercover cops that almost shoot each other. Yeah. <laughs> because they they suspect that each other are the fucking killer. Yeah, one anyway. one of which is the dipshit from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, who we said we liked then, but I guess we don't know. No, 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 I like him. I, I I love the fact that he's a big dipshit. So they work out while they're just sitting there that maybe because it's Kennedy and he's a DA and he's smart, that he probably has a police scanner. Mm-hmm. And he knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, I'm surprised like that they didn't think of that, say an hour earlier into the movie because he so, always seems to not be where they are. So they have a Eureka moment uh-huh. and they're like, I know where he must be. He's going to be at the factory. So Mo, I have a question for you. What factory? Yeah, exactly. They're like, at, they're like, Oh, the factory at no point is a, any factories ever mentioned. It, I, in fact, you could say that the factory is not a factor. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't get it. What? Word wordplay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they go to the factory, and uh, they their hunch was correct because the killer is in the process of tying up a woman. There's already a bloody corpse there. Mm-hmm. He slices her, slits her throat. Not a very good effect. It's a very it it's a bad effect. Yeah. And uh, then he fucks her because that's his modus operandi. Yeah. While he's doing it, he hears some sirens. We got a great Darth Vader moment here. All right, let's let's hear the Darth Vader moment. Yeah. This is his response to hearing some sirens. Keep in mind, he's fucking her while he does this. Yes, he doesn't even slow down. Yep. No! 
He just keeps fucking her. (laughs) So he runs off into an alleyway. Connor is there and he's following him. Uh, They all get split up somehow in a way that we don't see how it happens. Mm -hmm. He's running around. Connor finds the corpses. He calls out. Susan, uh, sorry, uh, Mrs. Miss uh, Rather is there, and she says that Heller, the partner, is chasing Kennedy. Now, you might think after all this that Connor is going to be the one who's going to like track Kennedy down, and they're going to have their final confrontation. Yep. It's not really that dramatic. No. In fact, in fact, after after Susan tells Connor that uh, that Heller is chasing after him, he stands there with her for like a good twenty five seconds. You know, before yeah. before finally taking off. It's like, dude, he's getting away, man. Go fucking get him. <laughs> so Heller, the partner, he's outside. He finds uh, Kennedy, who's, who's dressed as the hippie in his hippie uniform. Yep. Again, that's never explained. Uh, he shoots him twice. He shoots uh, Kennedy twice. Heller does. Connor arrives. Yeah. And he shoots him as well. And puts him down. And puts him down. And then he falls with the bloody weapon. In his head. And just to be absolutely certain, they also check his pulse. And they're like, he's dead. And their response to murdering someone is... I never thought I'd feel as good about killing anyone. Burn in hell, you bastard. And the movie ends, of course, in a way that you would want your movie to end. With a montage of all the best effects in the movie. Of all the breast effects in the movie. Ba-boom! Yeah. But uh, it does show the decapitation again, so that's great. So and, it, actually, it actually also shows him screaming no again no. for some fucking reason. <laughs> so like it, li- show- it literally happened four minutes earlier in the film. It's like, no! <laughs> so this movie, at the 75-minute mark, yeah. pads out to another three or four minutes by showing all the scenes we've already seen mm-hmm. and then going right into the closing credits. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. It's an amazing piece of low budget padding. Oh yeah. It's yeah, in fact, if anything, this movie should be like a how to pad out a movie. <laughs> how to pad out a movie. Yeah. But uh Mo, I guess we were wrong. Kennedy was the killer. Oh shit. And but ironically, he was killed himself. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to kill the <laughs> Look, look. Killers need their come up No come up <laughs> So, yes, the closing credits, Mo, our favorite part of any movie. Uh, the music that plays behind the closing credits is very, very not good. Um, but, uh, Mo, are there any interesting moments in these closing credits? I didn't watch the closing credits. Well, I'll tell you a couple of interesting things. And you and when I say you, I mean the listeners and you, Mo, the co-host of No Budget Nightmares. Probably not. Uh, it, it does say that <laughs> catering on the movie 555 was done by Mom. Oh, nice. The victims are listed in order of appearance. <laughs> and the credits end with Watch for Future Features by Wally Cause and King Video Productions. Sure. And that's interesting that that's there, Mo, because there were no other movies by Wally Cause. <laughs> well, it's a really strange thing, actually. He has no other credits on I, the IMDb. I have been waiting for more Wally Cause work since this I, because it said it. I think uh, I think we have justifiable cause to <laughs> to want to have more work because I Ugh. have not gotten enough <laughs> 
from uh, 555. I was, was going to say, keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> uh, Santa Claus. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep. Brian Cosworth. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally watch a 5552 uh, 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 starring the cause. It could Morrissey, be, it, it, but instead of Maz, it's Cause. Right, exactly. It could be, it could be, you know, it could be Brian Cosworth, the Cause. Stone Cold Two. Stone Cold Two. Five Five Five. Stone Cold Two. So I don't know why this movie's called Five Five Five. I guess it's because you said that thing that uh, police. Uh, that's that. Code. That's the closest thing we have to a reason. It's. Yeah. I would say that's a bad name for a movie. It's. A, I'm just say, pulling that out there. It's not a great name for a movie. No. But Wally Cause is a good name for a person, yeah. so I guess it does even out in the end. Mo, what did you think of the movie Five Five Five? Look, it's <laughs> it's uh, a a very dialogue heavy uh, police procedural with some fairly you know a couple of fairly decent effects in it. Uh, otherwise, it's I mean it's nothing to write home about, but it is. Uh, but I you know but I had fun with it. At the very least. And it's a fairly well-made movie, except for the acting. You know. I wrote on, on the No Budget Nightmares Facebook group that I thought it was like a Law & Order episode directed by a developmentally disabled person. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually pretty accurate. I mean, it isn't... It is weird. It's, like, it, it's a slasher movie, and it's a police procedural. Right. And... Uh, you're right. It's fairly competently made yeah, it's, compared it's, to a lot of yeah, it's movies like, of this type. It's not a bad movie, but it's also not a good movie. I mean, again, and with the realization that this was made in 1988, early days for shot on video still, mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't a lot of movies. I mean, the the problem with this movie is that it it's not directly imitating another movie specifically, but it's imitating a lot of kinds of movies that were very popular at the time. Right. And a lot of those movies did this sort of thing a lot better. Mm-hmm. So there are movies that you could see about this same sort of subject matter that you'd probably enjoy a lot more. However, if you want to watch 555, uh, you only need to watch the final five minutes of it. <laughs> maybe that's what the 555 means. I also suggested that maybe <laughs> 555 was the amount of money that the movie cost. Uh, that's, but, that's, uh, yeah, and that's the, almost entirely the fucking fake head. Yes, that's hey. That fake head is a fucking amazing mm-hmm. quality head. Yeah, if this movie, mm, if this movie has, <laughs> if this movie has anything, it has that head, and that head is phenomenal. All right, that's going to be my enduring memory about yeah. this fucking movie. Yeah, that one. Whoa, head. that's it. That's the end of five five five. Yes, it is. So what's coming up next on No Budget Nightmares, Mo? We did discuss this. I know, and I already forgot. Did you? I completely forgot what we said we were going to do. Well, we were having trouble. This all came together fairly quickly. Uh, but I believe, and I am not at all stalling to get something up on my screen here. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am not vamping. I am <laughs> simply telling the audience things. Well, what I was going to say, of course, uh-huh. <laughs> was that I suggested to Mo that maybe it was time for us to finally watch Black Devil Doll from Hell. Oh, yeah, right. But you did not seem too high on it, probably because you had just woken up when I mentioned this to you. Yeah, I I barely remember this conversation, and it only happened like an hour. And instead, I suggested that instead of watching Black Devil Doll from Hell, we should watch 1987's Tales from the Quad Ed Zone. 
Which is a great idea. By Directed by Chester Turner. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to be watching on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, Tales from the Quiet Zone from 1987. Boom. Yeah, we're taking the 80s on by st- storm. Is that what you say? <laughs> yeah, by storm. Yeah, that's what that's what the kids say these days. That's what, you know what else Storm said? What? Do you know what happens when lightning hits a frog? Jeez. Or a toad, maybe. Jesus I think it's the same thing that happens Christ. to everything else. Yeah, it gets electrocuted. Mo, where, where can people find uh, No Budget Nightmares? Oh, well, if they wanted to go on to Facebook, which uh, I think a lot of the kids are doing these days, uh, you can go right on to facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares, all one word, or just simply you- search No Budget Nightmares. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show that this, of course, is uh, No Budget Nightmares on Dorkshelf. That's where you can find the show. It's its home base at dorkshelf.com. You can also find older episodes and, of course, subscribe via iTunes or whatever over at nobudgetpodcast.com. New website coming soon as soon as I get five minutes to do shit. Yeah, man. Well, you're the one who's writing 15 fucking articles, editing videos, doing 16 podcasts. (laughs) I'll tell you, when I started doing all that, it's when I had a little bit of lull in my working life. Uh And that changed significantly yep. it's funny about working at a university once school starts it gets a lot busier <laughs> um but uh but yeah no that's all coming very very soon and speaking of those videos mo if you do want to check out my uh, empire pictures retrospective videos i'm putting them out uh weekly over at uh, dorkshelf.com please check it out i have uh, i recently did metal storm the destruction of jared sin god i love and- that movie and by the time you are listening to this, or uh, very briefly afterwards, there will be the uh, a video up for The Alchemist with Robert Ginty. Now, and, now, uh, did, now, did you watch the version of uh, Metal Storm that has the 3D in it, or no? I own a copy of the 3D version, though I don't have the new Blu-ray, which has both of them in it. Uh, so, no, I did not watch the whole thing in 3D, because that would have been idiotic. <laughs> 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 but I envy those who experienced that in the cinemas back in 1983 when that movie came out. I don't envy the headache they must have left the theater with. <laughs> that movie's badass, by the that way. Movie's that movie's fucking great. I love Metal Storm. I think it's a fucking phenomenal movie. And Mo, of course, his work... Oh, wait. You can be found on Twitter. I can, yes. At, at Drunk on VHS, all one word. And I'm on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. And Mo, some of your writing can be found at the After Movie Diner website, which is at what? Uh, AfterMovieDiner.com. That's good. Is there you got anything else going on, Mo, that we should all know about? Uh, no. I mean, I've got a I've got a couple of uh, things in the works. Uh, I recent oh. I recently found my uh, back when I had drunkonvhs.com, uh, I had posted a, uh, a very comprehensive list of uh, '80s teen sex comedies that I I remember this that I had compiled. And, uh, and then when I lost that site because I forgot to update the domain name, to be honest. Um, the, uh, the list sort of went away with it. Well, I found it. I found my original copy of it. So I'm going to write up a little thing. Um, and then after movie diner will become the, uh, the new home of, uh, of my comprehensive movie list. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, I sh- should mention to listeners of the show, if you do want to support No Budget Nightmares, you can do that through our Patreon, which is linked over at NoBudgetPodcast.com. You can support us with as little as a dollar an episode. Right. So basically, you you contribute a certain amount per episode that gets released. We average about two episodes a month. It could be a dollar episode, $2 an episode. Every little bit helps. And of course, if you uh, do $10 uh, per episode and do that for a few months, then you can choose a movie for us to watch, just like uh, we watched 555. Yeah. This time around. And 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 the the best thing about choosing a movie for us is that almost every single one so far has been fucking terrible. 
Yeah, so thanks a lot, yeah. assholes. <laughs> but hey, that's that's why you're allowed to do it. We can't. It, it actually, honestly, I do like that people take that decision out of our hands because our decision making comes at the last second. The last the possible fucking second. <laughs> Mo, have you watched any interesting movies lately? Um, yeah, I I uh, did some catching up on some movies that I should have seen a long fucking time ago, uh, but only just watched this last week. Um, uh, I watched uh, Heat. Uh, which is why I made that great Pacino reference earlier because I Hoo-ha! it's fr- that's not that movie uh, Hoo-ha! <laughs> uh, because I, I I can't believe I'd never seen it but I hadn't and so I watched that and uh, I watched uh, Training Day which I had never seen either and I enjoyed both of those movies quite a bit Hoo-ha! Um I also um, I also watched the spiritual successor to uh, Dazed and Confused. Uh, everybody oh, everybody wants some. It, what did you think of that? It was mediocre at best. Mm, that sucks. Some people really like it. I, I mean, it's not bad. I think the the characters are all kind of fun, but like in the same sort of sense as Dazed and Confused doesn't really go anywhere or do anything. Like it's even more so, and everybody wants some. Like just nothing really happens. Hey, man. That's what I like about Richard Linklater movies. They get older and I just stay the same. <laughs> I like Days of Confused a lot, man. I do. I do, too. I, th- I think Days of Confused is definitely the better of the two. I haven't really been watching anything except for The Alchemist, directed by Charles Band. So look out <laughs> for that video. But I will be watching every single release from Empire International Pictures. So, uh, yeah, check those out as I watch them. If they get really good really quickly i think trancers is just a few movies away nice and after that we it's like zone troopers and reanimator and i mean it just gets better and better and then it starts to get worse and worse yeah but, uh, yeah I was, gonna alchemist, say, I was gonna say you're in like the halcyon days right now <laughs> the alchemist is funny because it was it went unreleased for like years and years and it kind of sucks and uh and it isn't very interesting and it's also way less interesting than all the charles band movies uh, that were made around the same time. So you can kind of see why it was on the shelf. But the next movie we were covering is The Dungeon Master. Nice. Uh, which is a lot more interesting. Yeah, and yeah, was, yeah. has like seven different directors. So everyone check that out once I post it. And check out The Alchemist one too because it's going to be an interesting video. I promise. <laughs> I didn't watch anything else though. I need to get to a movie theater and start watching some fucking movies. Yeah, I'm super fucking behind on my calculations for how many movies I've watched this year. Uh, but I but I think I'm a good like month behind for my uh, one to one day to movie ratio, uh, which means that I need to, I, like I, the next couple of Mondays because that's my day off. I'm going to have to pull some like serious like marathoning marathon that shit, Mo. Yep. Mo, that's it. We're done. No more, no more no budget nightmares ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> you you, you ruined us with five, five, five. We'll, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'm going to figure out all this technology. Uh, you probably didn't notice how much of a pain in the ass this episode was, but we did. We, sh- we, we sure did. <laughs> but uh, we shall return soon with more. We no shall Bucket overcome. Causes. Yes, we Some, shall. Someday. <laughs> we shall overcause. Um, uh. and, uh, and we will be back soon. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. <laughs>